welcome to Side Character Questions. It's me, back once again, Eli, and with you, as he has always been, is... Hey guys, this is me. Oh no. It's me, it's your friend, it's your buddy, and it's me. Oh buddy. What are you doing here, I'm buddy? I'm having a great time, I'm just here, and I won the contest so that I could be on the episode. Buddy, that that wasn't the contest. I'm pretty sure that there was the contest. I got to be on the no. episode because I I submitted five thousand questions and I got to be on the episode. And I only had to steal Ty's keys one time, and it was great. Wait, did you steal Ty's keys? No, I stole his keys to get into his house. I'm not crazy. I wouldn't steal his keys. That's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. Where's Ty? He's in the closet. Buddy. I locked him up. Buddy. I locked him up. Buddy, I'm calling the police. Call, don't. Please don't. Please. I'm calling please, the police. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Let's see. 911. Yes. He- hello, officer. Hello. Hello. There's been a kidnapping. Welcome to Side Character Questions. It's me, once again, I'm back. Eli, here with... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, uh, Ty, uh, forcing Eli to go along with his, his terrible flubs right there. I'm just happy to be out of the, the closet after having been locked up there by uh, by overzealous fan. Um, and man, if... I, I try my best uh, to provide a little bit of a little bit of uh, a courtesy to the fans, all all of all of you teeming masses, and uh, that that leads me to uh, the topic of today's show. Uh, hey, hey, friend Eli, what what are we doing today? Uh, well, friend Ty, today we're answering some questions sent in by uh, some fans, some listeners to the podcast. Um, we didn't actually get 5,000 questions, like, uh, that guy said, I don't know where so... he was sending them. That is, like, yeah. like, we got a few, we got a, we got a decent number, we got some good quality, I, I'm looking forward to, like, going, diving through some of the stuff, but, uh, but yeah, we did not get 5,000, so I don't know who has been getting those. We did get several death threats? Yeah, which, <laughs> I don't know if... It, there were, I mean, I don't know if it was 5,000, but definitely hundreds of death, hundreds. Of death threats. So maybe... Just an obscene number. Do you think that they... Do you think that guy didn't know the difference? He might I mean, not have known the difference. I guess... That would explain... I guess how would you like to die? I guess that's technically a question. That is a question. Um, And he sent that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he did. He did. Um, okay, let's get on to like actually actually ask answering some questions because like I'm ideally ideally one of the reasons that we're doing this right now is because uh, this is the holiday season. Want to give people a chance to give back. I also want to give myself a little a little bit of time uh, where I, I, an episode that I don't have to edit quite as much. So uh, let's let's try to avoid. Um, making this just go on uh forever it is so i have to cut things out um hey uh so i i rounded up all the questions gave him the eli eli uh chose the ones that he thought people you know would would actually want answered um so he's gonna be asking the questions and and we'll be uh sorting through them together yeah, and uh, real quick, while we're talking about um, stuff that has been sent in by listeners, uh, I just want to say that I thought it was really cool seeing some of the positive feedback on um, like my characters. So I want to thank everyone for listening and uh, supporting the show. And 
putting all those good vibes out there. Yeah, um, it's it's especially good because, you know, since you did the first two characters, if this show had failed, it would have been all your fault. It would have been 100 percent my fault. And it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> but instead, I felt that pressure every day. <laughs> but instead, it uh, it survived and that that lays entirely on your shoulders. I am willing to accept the credit mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. all your success. Ty. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's get into some questions. Um, so one hallmark trait of the show is uh, everyone comes on and they has a they have a um, a pretty short character arc. So the first question that we're going to get into is, uh, do you feel that short campaigns improve the player's character creations? By allowing them to explore character concepts they might not want to play for longer campaigns? Or do you think it encourages some leaning on things players already know well? So, oh, geez, that's very interesting. Oh, wait, who asked that? That's a really like. That is from Jason. Jason's got to be like a DM. That's that's like a very <laughs> or, or like they have to be an active player, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Um, they have to be somebody that's that's really, really into this. Um. Yeah. OK, I'm going to pull this up. This I'm going to pull up the list of questions so I can look at this and I don't have to ask you to reread it a million times. Um, he also asked, um, how much do you think being recorded for the show impacts character creation decisions? Gotcha. OK, so. I don't know, this might be more of a question for you, um, because my my impression is that some people were were willing it, it really differed from person to person um like i think that uh mallory for instance like on the one hand she's definitely going to go for halfling just because like that is that is her life now uh yes uh, <laughs> um but but i feel like uh i feel like um Irk and uh no, more so Sir Roderick. He was different than you usually play. Uh, yes, uh, Sir Roderick was incredibly different. And um, with Eric, um, since that didn't really have any major connection to the rest of the recording, mm-hmm. I pretty much chose him because that was the wildest character I could come up with. Yeah. Um, Roderick, the decision for that was I wanted the most basic fantasy character through which you could start to tell your story. Okay. So what's more basic than a holy knight in a fantasy story? Um, In fact, I was worried that I made him too basic uh, (laughs) when we started, but that was an incredibly different character than who I play. I've never played the lawful good type. Um, I don't know how much of that was determined by me recording or um, the short term use of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, uh, I think that. Um, I think that when uh, Amber was developing Silas, uh, they wanted Silas to be uh, they wanted Silas to be dealing with um, some mental illness, some PTSD, uh, paranoia, those sorts of things. And I think that they were I think 
perhaps the fact that this was going to be a shorter thing um, gave them some freedom to explore that. And knowing that, like, they only had to go hard and live in that space during the show. I am sort of speaking for them. I, I don't know if that's entirely the was their reasoning, but it makes sense to me. Sure. I'll say one major thing that did um, impact that I well that I thought about when I made the character was short arc, not going to have a whole lot of character development. Mm -hmm. So it made me really think about their backstory more, because generally when I've created characters in the past, like um, I know you and I and Mallory have mentioned our uh, our campaign that we're uh, we've been playing for the last four years. Um, My character is always goal driven. Yeah. So the character in that game, he wants to be the best criminal he can be. And how he got to that point did not matter. Like nothing mattered beforehand because we were going to flesh it out as we went. Whereas in preparation for the show, I was like, okay, my character is not going to be changing a whole lot over the course of five sessions. So I want to know what drives him to do the things he does. It makes me really want to make sure that I am role playing the character as soon as I get started. Yeah. Not feel my way to the character, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I dig that. And, and uh, what was the second half of that question? Um, um, do you think it encourages some players to lean on things that they've already known? Well, okay. Yeah. Oh, and how do you, how much do you think being recorded for the show impacts their decision? Mm, uh, I don't think that recording really uh, impacted my decision mm-hmm. that much. I mean, the concept you and I had spoken a lot about what you were going for. So that impacted my decision. But actually knowing that people were listening did mm-hmm. not. Um, in fact, when I was listening to the first couple Eric episodes, I was like, oh, I wish I had done this differently. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, people will listen to this. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That is interesting. Um, I don't have anything else to I don't think I have anything to add to that. Uh, Yeah. Good question. Very good question. Really good. Definitely a Dungeons and Dragons player asked that question. Okay, so um, rolling into the next question, this is actually about the um, pilot arc. Eric, they ask, is slavery an officially sanctioned practice in your game world, or is that nasty ringleader flouting the law? Okay, so I marked this as a as a defo on our, our list of uh, our, our spreadsheet of questions because I just wanted to hammer home like one specific thing. Irks episodes are not happening in the same game world as the rest of the, the arcs. So just just like make that completely clear. Uh, that was purely a pilot. Um, it is its own separate, separate world, separate thing in his in Irk's world. Slavery is not officially sanctioned, but it is common. If that makes sense. Like it, you all hear that, everyone. Um, your favorite bird person has been decanonized by Ty. Uh, <laughs> send all your hate mail to SCQ, uh, whatever, whatever email Ty enter email yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, um, the the slavery that like that we were speaking of in that game, uh, was more of the like Russell Clo- Russell Crow sort of gladiator slavery. Not not so much like American history labor labor 
so just want to uh, to get that through uh, in the world of um, the world of side character quest uh, of the rest of the, the episodes, the season one, the season one world, the season one setting slavery and murder and uh, thievery and everything, everything that is illegal in our modern times in America uh, or in, you know, most of the world, the, our real world, um, all of those things are illegal in this place, in this setting. Um, all of these things are not allowed. What about necromancy? Um, I don't. Is necromancy illegal? I was going to like I. <laughs> so it probably varies from from city to city. Uh, it's probably very, um, very like discouraged. It's probably very like weird and frowned upon. And there's probably associated things that are illegal, like grave robbing and stuff like that. But, but one thing to keep in mind is like outside of the individual cities, there isn't like a coherent government really there. There's, there's a consistent like currency, things like that, but there's not like one Congress, one uh, whatever that rules everybody. One nation under Lumen. Yeah, exactly. There's not even one god that rules over all of the people. He's Lumen is just one of a, a pantheon. Even mm-hmm. heretic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so the next question, um, and this is a pretty good one. How much influence do... Yes, how many influence... Nope. Nope, you can get it. One... One more time. Okay. How much influence Even all those in. do your guests have in where the story is going? Uh, the, the short answer that in the short term, um, no, a lot, a lot. Uh, <laughs> I was going, I was going to couch that, but like really a lot. Um, I, I know that uh, it started even before we started recording because when I envisioned this world, it was going like I was really thinking about this as a and like an almost atheistic setting. Um, I just I was not interested in telling a, a story where like the gods were saving everything. And I wasn't interested in telling a story where uh, the church was bad. So I was like, OK, what's the best way to avoid that from coming to play? OK, it's just going to be kind of atheistic. But when I invited Eli to come on, he was really interested in playing a paladin. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell him no. Uh, Like, go for it. Um, You remember I was a little nervous about it because for some reason I thought that was like going to be important to the story. But clearly it's it's not ended up being an important thing. Um, Yeah, I remember it was very much a moment where I had to tell you there are two classes at least that are centered around deities. <laughs> which I, and so you would be know, limiting but... everyone's uh, mm-hmm. everyone's choices. Um, but you heard it. Yeah. I created the gods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Lumen. And and uh, on a similar note, um, I, I've invited uh, Amber has been helping me create the uh, outside of the recording. Um, Amber has been helping me put together um, the pantheon of gods, uh, which has been you know, great because they're they're great at coming up with like detailed rituals and those sorts of things. Um, I think they've they've come up with like three at this point that I've added in, um, which who knows if those will ever see the light of day, but I'm hoping they will. Um, cool. Right on. 
so wasn't people was have there a good bit of influence well wasn't there there's something on that like was it asking for like specific uh examples or, or anything or am i making that up here's the uh the next question um is similar to that uh and it's a question that a lot of people asked um what is a moment when a pc a player character has caused major changes to where you thought everything is going. This has happened a number of times. Um, oh boy. Um, this has this definitely happened a number of times. Once again, with with Amber uh, and Silas, that character just I could never see where they were going. Like at the very beginning of uh, their arc. By the way, if, if it is not clear, spoilers abound. Uh, in this episode, it, it, do I need to even need to make a more warning for that? Oh, yeah. If you are this far in and um, are mad about spoilers, please direct all hate mail to SCQ podcast <laughs> at Gmail dot com. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, or uh, shove it up your butt in, in the first in the first episode of uh, of Silas's arc. I w- there was a part where um, uh, the. I'll just tell you guys this. Uh, the bargainer was supposed to sort of pull, I say in quotes, them out of the river. And I, and they, they were like, oh, you see a hand like reach in into the water. Amber said, I pull away. And, and I was like, what? what? So. Oh, OK, so you're drowned. You're, you're like you get washed, washed down the river farther. You like are going to be this. This sucks for you, but. Okay, like you were going to get rescued. Now you don't. Um, Similarly, uh, the way they ended um, their arc. uh, So once again, like that arc was supposed to continue uh, up until the point that they um, either, you know, either lost or defeated uh, the monster there. Um, but because of some uh, scheduling problem, you know, features, they they weren't able to record past past where we got to in the show. And uh, we ended up just ending it where where they were last able to record because they ended it there, having made a very they made a bargain with the bargainer um, so that basically Silas would take on some of the bargainer's power to try and save the lives of of these people that were important to them um, in exchange for the bargainer then getting control of them for a while. Uh, We have that that decision to uh, to basically cut and run um, and just say, like, you 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 save you save everybody and then you get control for a bit. That's going to have implications down the road uh, i already have plans for how that's playing out and it's bad for the world um okay so uh well actually um just real quick so you do have this was a question that um we had a couple people ask uh you do have sort of in your head what actually happened to silas it's not just like a storyline with no consequences because it didn't end it has yes yes concrete so so basically okay here's what i'll say the bargain that Silas was making was I give you control of myself, uh, of me. I give you because the bargainer is a very like intangible sort of thing with a, a loose sort of grip on the real world, uh, on the, the physical world, on this plane. Um, 
So uh, Silas was like, I will give you an outlet to this plane. If you save these people. Both of those things happen. Those those people get saved. And that and the bargainer gets that uh, that outlet into this plane. Um, The implications of that, I will I will I will not spoil because they will come more into play. All right, right on. That's something that I know has been uh, <laughs> nagging at my mind Eli's for a while. Been really wanting to know, and I was like, I will. I don't like unfinished stories. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, which is the other reason I've been nagging you to finish our uh, our D and D campaign. I don't <laughs> like unfinished stories. Okay, I anyways, um, I, I do know uh, a, on a much smaller level one moment that I screwed up your plans. Yeah. And that was when I busted through a wall without fighting your big monster to get the crowbar. Yeah, that's that was like the example of like a puzzle that didn't quite go how I intended. Yeah, puzzles are difficult, man. Warhammers are easy. Um, (laughs) Did you know? Okay, quick, quick sidebar. Did you know that Thor's hammer, uh, the fact that it has such a a short handle is like in, in the Norse mythology, that's like considered a flaw. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I yeah. like that was that was such a strange thing to me. The first time I looked up a, a picture of a Warhammer and saw like that they all have this really long handle. I was like, why is Thor's so short then? I don't get what's going on. Well, um, if you think about it, it's the same reason axes have long hammers yeah. or handles versus a hatchet. You get more more heft. swinging. Yeah. And in fact, a uh, fun fact about um, the hammer that he makes in Infinity War. Yeah. It's, that is pretty much the hammer that he has in the ultimate universe. But anyways, that's a different that's cool. podcast altogether. <laughs> that's that's capes and japes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, OK, so this next question was exclusively sent to us by every single person who has been on the podcast. <laughs> OK, uh, that sent in a question. Um, so that includes myself, Mallory, Elion. That's right. Leon? Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Um, first of all, also a uh, shout out to fellow Eli name. I saw <laughs> uh, this week we have Eli dot dot dot. And I was like, no, we don't. But Elion. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. Um, so anyways, we all want to know, do you think you'll ever revisit side characters down the line, either as NPCs or actually bringing back guests? Uh, they, uh, by the way, Elion also said that it's very important to pronounce the eye emoji, which was kind of like, like, oh, OK. Okay, cool. The I am. I, that's I was wondering if that was just a um, <laughs> do you want me to just rewrite the uh, restate, say the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, say the whole thing, but with the I emoji sort of like like. OK, so um, do you think you'll ever revisit side characters down the line, either as NPCs or having guests back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect, perfect pronunciation of that emoji. Um, definitely. I have already talked to at least uh, I've actually talked to three people about no four people about having them back at some point, um, which that's a lot of people and, and like pretty much everybody that, that has been on so far. I have really enjoyed playing with um, and I felt that they've brought something to this experience. And so I would like to have them back. Uh, there's a couple of people who you know, have have expressed interest in coming back as another character. Um, Some people have been interested in coming back as, you know, the same 
same character. But I, I don't know when that is going to happen. Uh, just because, you know, right now we are we are finishing up uh, recording Alton's arc. Then I've got two more arcs that are in the queue afterwards. And then I have three more with sort of that. I have sort of a conversation going with some people. Somewhere after that is when we're going to start having people back on. Um, so it, it's. It's going to be over a while. It's going to be over a period of time. Well, while we're on the subject of bringing back um, side characters, yeah. uh, I can't help but notice that you've only killed one person, <laughs> and um, I'm still very upset about it. <laughs> you really took my KD ratio down a notch in Dungeons and & Dragons, and um, I don't appreciate it, Ty. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. hoping to hear some more character death in the future. Okay, I'll do my best. Uh, things okay. could have... Let's just say, I, I have been open to... Um, I, I was kind of glad that that happened early on because uh, you will know this, Eli. I've never killed a character before. I've never I've never had anything like that. You're looking up as you think about this. See if I'm trying oh, leaning back and on your chin. Yeah. Every time one of us has died, it's been some it's been Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Daryl kills everyone. Our dear friend, uh, our dear, dear friend, Daryl um, mm -hmm. murders characters. Yeah. With no remorse, <laughs> no remorse whatsoever. And now Ty has gotten his first taste of blood mm -hmm. and um, he's coming for everyone else next. Mm -hmm. It tastes sweet. <laughs> uh, I am still like I still would like to have Daryl on at some point and I am. But I am terrified of having him as a player. Like I just I don't know how I, I just I just don't. Someone someone asked um how do I deal with players who don't interact with the story I try to build for them? Everyone in the podcast seems to be very active, engaging with the narrative, but some of my players don't do anything at all, except when forced to engage with combat. How do I get them to role play more? Um, that sounds a little bit that sounds worse than than Daryl, because Daryl Daryl will like get into it and he'll like he'll engage with puzzles. He'll engage with like role play and stuff like that. So he's he's not nearly as bad as they're saying. But but that but what I I lead into that question to say all of the players that I've had have been very like everybody I've invited on has been very. Um, what's the word I want? Uh, obliging. Cooperative. Yeah, cooperative okay. and obliging. And like and, and if I present a hook, they're like, I'm going to go with this hook. I feel like Daryl would would be like, oh, this hook. What if I walk in that direction? Uh, what if I set this building on fire? What if I set this building on fire? There, there are some things that happen in, in Alton's art coming up that um, it's showing me that I'm being. Wait, I, did Mallory give you a difficult time? Oh, Mallory gave me the most. No, I'm just kidding. She's been she's been <laughs> a delight. <laughs> All right. Uh, for, just so the listeners know, Mallory and I are married. So uh, every now and then I hear different things going on. Um, <laughs> Behind the door uh, <laughs> while she records while I am banished to the living room in silence. Mm -hmm. We sacrifice a lot for good sound quality. <laughs> OK, well, um, moving along, um, kind of have two similar questions, but we can tackle one at a time. Um, the first one, uh, do you have a whole story planned and happening in the background? Or are we exploring the world with these different characters and their experiences? So I take that as something I've asked a few times. Is there a main quest? So like we have our side characters doing their quests. Mm -hmm. Is there a main storyline happening in the background? 
So the answer is yes. There there is a main story that's going on in the background. Um I I intend some of the arcs that we're planning in the future to to get a little bit closer to that main storyline. Um but but really like I think how you should imagine this. This is a, a example that's wor- going to work best for somebody that that is familiar with uh 90s era video games. Imagine um imagine Legend of Zelda where you you never really like meet or talk to Link. Imagine like you see the stories of you see the story of a Gerudo uh who's like trying to make their way into one of the temples. You see Can we focus on the Zora? We can we see a Zora uh thief that um is looking to uh leave Lake Hylia and explore um explore one of the the main cities you see all of these different characters because like i think that there is there is value in people besides the chosen hero in a fantasy story there's value behind like the the epic person who is going to save the world they all have uh they all have stories that are worth telling and that is the goal here to explore those stories is like there is a main character and they are defeating like they're dealing with not defeating but they're they're dealing with some sort of like ultimate evil and whatever and they're the chosen person but their story is straightforward and relatively boring to the stories of all of the other people in the world it's very eloquently put ty thank you i'm over here tearing up thinking about <laughs> Roderick and oh, we lost a real hero too soon <laughs> Okay, uh, along those same lines, though, um, another question that a lot of people have put forward is, is there a main character? Like, is there is there a link type? And um, if you won't tell us who it is, have we seen them yet in anyone's story arc? Um, Are you willing to give any hints about that? Uh, Uh, What's up? I I believe we did see them very briefly uh, in Roderick's arc. Okay. Um, Are you willing to tell us who? Is it the skeleton horse? It's, Is it Moonbeam? It's Moonbeam. No. Um, am I willing to tell you who? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think you might have told me who, yeah. but are you willing to tell the audience? How about um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to grab some eggnog because it's around Christmas time. Uh, and we're going to we're I'm going to make up my mind. Uh, and they come back. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> All right. Let's be back in a couple minutes. Cool. Sounds good. Right. Listener, have you ever just turned on the computer? And the first thing you do is you go in and you type in Facebook and you scroll for like five seconds and then you close it because Facebook is mostly garbage and then you sit for a couple minutes and you think I should check Facebook and then you realize that you've just been looking at the same garbage over again anyways this episode brought to you by MySpace (laughs) that's right bring your top friends to this MySpace party Brutal. 
brutal. All right, so this episode's uh, part of the goal of it is to be able to edit as little as possible. So all that's going in, every last bit of it. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> all right. Um, how's your eggnog? Mm. I forgot nutmeg. This week's episode brought to you by Nutmeg, apparently mandatory for eggnog. Listeners, I uh, actually don't know how to make eggnog, so if anyone wants to shoot me some um, uh, eggnog recipes, and uh, I'm, I only want your best your best eggnog recipes, please tweet them to the side character quest um, Twitter handle, which I believe is SCQ Podcast. Uh, tweet them at Ty there, and make sure that he um, he tweets it to me or sends it to me. Uh, tweet it with the hashtag uh, hashtag side character nog, and um, yeah, that'll be pretty good. Hey Ty, I just started a new, a new hashtag. Yeah, it's hashtag side character nog, <laughs> and I'm gonna have I've never had eggnog before, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna have everyone tweet you their best eggnog recipes. Ooh, I'm okay with that. Hashtag side character nog. Uh, so mine is um, a dash, uh, three parts nog, store bought nog, um, one part rum, uh, and a more than a dash of nutmeg with like three cubes of ice. Okay. Mix okay. that all in together. I'm drinking. Uh blue moon's winter wheat beer which is basically my version of pumpkin spice lattes Ooh, yeah it's very it's not pumpkin flavored because pumpkin is garbage don't at me (laughs) okay anyways and we're back uh so ty (laughs) have you decided will you reveal to us the identity of the main character i i can't considering what i just said i can't imagine it having huge too huge of an impact uh if the listeners know this so like i like i don't think it spoils anything for future arcs by me by me revealing this um the main character of the story the the link of this story the 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 fro frodo baggins of this story is that little girl who uh, Roderick was trying to find lost in the woods uh, during the first arc. Okay. Girl, uh, okay. A, a half elf girl um, with uh, with a purple cloak. Um, exploring these caverns. Does she have a name? Uh, I've specifically chosen not to give her a name at this point. Uh, keeping in line with with things like Legend of Zelda, where they do not have names. I, I re- well, don't they? Okay, okay. Don't real they? talk, real talk, real talk. Um, it's it feels like such an important decision to choose a name like that. I haven't wanted to choose one until it was necessary for canon purposes. You know, fair. Yeah, that's fair because you got to pick a good name. Yeah, and what if like a what if a, a character or a player comes to me and is like, I want to name my character character uh, Frankles. And I'm like, I Frankles is already the name of a character. I've listened to the show. There is no Frankles. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> dang it. You got me. You got me. 
All right. Well, that's fair. Okay, so you heard it. The main character is Frankles, the half-elf. I'm going to punch you in your face. <laughs> Hashtag canonize Frankles. <laughs> tweet at Tweet at Ty. Hashtag canonize Frankles. But don't forget to send me that nog. Yeah, do send that hashtag side character nod. Oh shit, oh I, shit. This is probably going to come out around... No, it's going to be after Christmas. Dang uh, it. Dang it. Well, well, hey Ty, will it still be in time for um, Candle Nights, trademarked by yes. Big Giant Head? It will be a time for Candle Nights. Do we, do, am I going to need to bleep that? Let's get on to the questions. We need to get back okay, to the questions. Anyways. Okay, okay. Okay, so um, yeah, so this is another one that's been asked by multiple people along the same lines. So, um... One person asked, do all of the stories take place over several different continents or they all are are they all relatively nearby? And along that lines, do you actually have a map drawn of the world as we know it so far? And can you post that somewhere? Uh, So the answer is yes, I can post that somewhere. I do have a map drawn. Um, Also, I'll answer that first. Uh, Map is drawn. I do have one. I can post it. It is already out of date. Uh, so when I when I made it, the idea was that it was it was just a rough one based off of uh, current canon. Um, but since then, I, I've sort of refined some locations and stuff, and I've realized that this it didn't quite line up. When you see it, when I, I reshare it for this episode, keep in mind um, some of the locations might be slightly tweaked as time goes on. Uh, as we I need to adjust things for future arcs and, and so forth. So because my view is unless until something is concretely said in the show there, it is not canon. So okay. anything that you see on the Twitter feed, uh, anything that I say here, this is all supplementary. OK, and um, so are all these events taking place near each other or over several different continents? Gotcha. Um. Sorry, thank you for for bringing me that bringing yeah, no me problem. back to that. Um, so everything is taking place. Uh, let me let me actually pull up the map so I can I can describe this a little bit. Um, well, can you describe the main feature of the country that we're that this kind of? Yeah, the the region that this is in um, is surrounded by a uh, massive, 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 massive wall that is uh, older than the history of this this setting. Um, this wall, uh, nobody really knows where it's from um, or, or like how it was created, anything like that. Uh, it is I've depicted it on the map as roughly circular. Um, that's, you know, uh, it is roughly circular. Um, there are uh, inside of the this this place, it, it's the sort of thing that a person could ride from one side to the other. Uh, over the course at least of a few weeks, maybe a few months. Uh, I'm not entirely sh- haven't I haven't quite nailed that down. Scale, you know, is is a tricky thing for me, um, especially when you get magic involved and various different like can horses in this world run the same number of miles as real world horses? Can't what about griffins and and things like that? Who knows? Well, Sunlight's the fastest horse in the world. Yes. And so Sunlight could definitely run. He could run from one side to the other in like two days. Um, But yeah, so giant, roughly circular wall surrounding this place. Nobody has been outside of that wall Um, at the top. Well, did you not reveal that Silas came from out of the wall? 
I think it is it would be fair as a for a listener to have figured that out that Silas <laughs> is from outside of the wall. Um, so so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let me let me sort of that, that was in an episode. It wasn't an episode. Was that was yeah, that made clear? Yeah, you mentioned that uh, I think on the his la- there are um, her last episode. OK, Silas's last episode. Amber. Yeah. 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 We got you. Um, so so at the the north side of this circle, I always orient north, you know, by the compass north side of the circle. There are there's a very intense mountain range. Um, with a almost an eternal blizzard uh, raging. Um, that's where Mount Rena is. That's where the the most most of the dwarves of the setting live. Um, as you move south from there, uh, there's like thick uh, forest and foothills and so forth. Um, eventually, you hit. Uh, if you're just going straight down, you will um, eventually hit some pl- uh, plains, then a river then more plains and then the pine forest uh, that is on the southern end of the of, of the map. Um, South Bend is at the, the top of that pine forest. Uh, if you go a little bit to the southwest, you're going to hit um, Flughaven and the uh, and some swamps. If you keep going southwest, you will hit um, marshes and the Salton Seas. Uh, which are just you know this this massive uh, saltwater. Um, it 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 almost seems like a sea. It's a giant 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 lake. Um, and there is a difference. Yes, uh, as as the marine biologist here is is quick to point out. If you follow that river that I mentioned, that's cutting through from east uh, from east to west. If you follow that back east to its source, you get to a giant waterfall that's crashing over the wall. Uh, that's what Silas fell over in their first episode. And if you follow uh, that river um, all the way to its other end, you get to a large lake and you get to uh, the inner wall, um, which is a, a much, 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 much smaller structure uh, just to the north of Cirque, um, which is the the uh, city, uh, the city on the circle, which is basically just sitting right below uh that inner wall structure does that all make sense okay. uh yes yes it'll make more sense when you repost the the uh the map yes which i need to redraw to fit current canon um fine the fun stuff man yeah. keeping everything canon yeah if you if you guys like were to go onto twitter right now as of the recording of this you would be able to find this map somewhere but it, it's not it's not up to date um yeah. Uh, what's what's the next question? OK, so next question. Um, when you started, did you have any core ideals or tenets about how you wanted to do the show? And if so, how have they changed? Mm. And then uh, big colon D, which I'm assuming is a big old smiley face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so uh, I think I already mentioned earlier, um, there was a, a guiding principle to it of you know the the side characters and stories have have value and importance and their own tales to tell so there was that um uh on a more logistical side um i knew that if i just because you know everybody that's pl- tried to play D knows how hard it is to wrangle people 
<laughs> and I knew that it would be much, much easier if I did this in such a way that uh, I was that I could I could work with somebody um, for a few episodes and then we could call it quits based on, you know, based off of, um, you know, how what their interest was. Basically, we could we could stop the show before they ran out of interest, you know, um, stop the, the sure. arc beyond that. Um, I'm sure there's other things as well. This nog is making me forget. Um, hashtag side character nog. Hashtag side character nog. Uh, one of the things is that I wanted to try to do something new every arc. Um, whether that be logistically, like socially, uh, game wise, something. I-, I wanted to do something new every time. And I've, I've managed to do that. So, yeah, like, I guess I guess that's the principle. Um, The two main principles, guiding principles of this this show have been side characters have value and try to do something new. Man, that's just a good way to live your life. (laughs) Hey, everyone has value. Also, try this new eggnog recipe from hashtag side character nog. (laughs) Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Well, cool. Um, moving on to the uh, the next question here, and this is a question that I'm interested to hear the answer to, Ty. <laughs> um, what has been your favorite story arc oh, so Jesus. far? See, this is what yeah, Ty. What's hey Ty? There is a right answer. Actually, there are two right answers, but <laughs> you can pick one of those two. Uh, I'm just kidding. Pretend I'm not here, but make your make the right decision. I. So I'm sort of I'm sort of torn here because. um, So I was I was not planning on on uh, if I had been the one choosing questions, I wouldn't have done this one. So uh, so thank you, Eli, for uh, for doing that. Okay, actually, while I think about it, tell me of the ones you have not been a part of. What has been your favorite so far? Uh, We'll exclude Alton since it's just started and also your wife. Yeah, I will say this. I did enjoy that first episode of Alton that's come out. Um, I actually really liked Deirdre's episode. Um, And I think. I don't know what it is. I think part of it is. um, There there's this great quote by Patrick Rothfuss Mm -hmm. or not quote, but an idea that he had where um, to make interesting uh, fiction, write what you know. Mm -hmm. And I think the same goes along with enjoying uh fiction um so while i am a scientist by uh trade um during my undergrad i actually minored in religious studies Mm -hmm. so i'm always interested in fictional religious stuff um so that's one reason why i kind of enjoyed playing roderick and that's uh the religion of deirdre despite not really going into a whole lot of detail just the idea of this like war priestess kind of vibe was very interesting to me yeah so um to me that one was a really interesting one i mean they've all been interesting for different reasons um i will say this also uh while i enjoyed playing roderick i did not expect anyone to enjoy listening to (laughs) roderick 
<laughs> Mostly because, I mean, Rytrick's the basic, like, you know, he's the thing that, that's wrong with the world, right? Mm-hmm. The basic religious conservative white man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, as soon as I started playing, playing that character, I was like, people are going to hate this guy. So I was pleasantly surprised to hear about, like, people actually enjoying the character. So nice. that was cool. But, um... Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I'll make it easier on you, Ty. Yeah. Uh, we'll change it up to what's your favorite NPC that you've created? <sighs> um, okay, I've made it more difficult. Made, that's much harder for me. Um, Choose your favorite child. Ty. So, so what I'll what I'll say is, uh, as far as the, um, I'll I'll answer this as as like the the first question, like what's my my favorite arc. And there's there's two that stand out to me, and I feel like I can answer these without offending anybody. <laughs> Uh, the first one I would say would be um, Lexi's because okay. uh, the first one would be Irks, the second one would be Sir Roderick's. No, uh, the first one, <laughs> the first one would be Lexi's because it was the first time I had played with, I had done this with somebody I had never played D and D with before, and it just so happened somebody that had never played D and D before, uh, which I did not realize going in. Um, and that were those were two like big goals for this, uh, and it went so much more smoothly than I expected. And also um, the second episode of that arc, like it, it played out so well. It was very I really enjoyed it. It, it was very smooth. Um, I liked a lot. Uh, sure. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, it was interesting to listen to because um, my experience with Dungeons and Dragons is, OK, you've solved this puzzle. Now you get to fight this enemy. Yeah. And uh, Lexi's was interesting because um. There wasn't I mean, there was a little bit of combat, mm-hmm. right? But not like not that was not the point. No. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was interesting to listen to. Yeah, I, I've been trying to to make sure to not rely too much on combat. But the the other one that I think stands out in my mind as, as a favorite is the one with uh, the one with um, Renee from Fate and the Fable Maidens, because I've always wanted to do I, I love Halloween specials. Oh, the Halloween specials. Yes. I love Halloween specials. And once again, that one, like it was I threw it together so quickly. Uh like from conceiving of the what the arc was going to be, reaching out to like a few different people, choosing uh choosing Renee as like the the person that I would I would work with, and then actually recording it, editing it, releasing it. All of that happened in like three weeks, I think, which like is so much wow. faster than any other episode that we've ever done on this show. Um, like this is this particular episode is probably going to be the only thing that's giving that a run for its money. Um, although we've been collecting questions for a long time, so maybe not. Sure. Um, but yeah, that that sort of like ease of turnaround was so like refreshing. And also most episodes I record like an hour two hours i record like two hours ish and then edit it down to like an hour hers was maybe like an hour ten hour five something like that and edited down to like an hour solid i think something like that like it was so it it, it was edited it was such a tight recording schedule that just worked very well which yeah it was a, it was a well done episode thank you i enjoyed it all right so uh Next question is uh, from this real handsome sounding guy. Um, <laughs> have you considered doing episodes with more than one guest? Uh, this is a question from Eli. 
Um, <laughs> I have considered doing that. I've considered doing that for uh, specials. I've considered doing that for special occasions. If I was to do it, it would really need to be with some people. Like, I would only do this with with people that I know have played together before and I have had on before people that I'm very comfortable with because just out of nerves, I don't think I could handle otherwise, you know, dude, bump that anyone wants to play with me. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it with anyone. I don't want to die again. <laughs> I need I need a bodyguard before I come back on this show. Mm-hmm. Not again. Not again. Not again. Not like this. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah anyway, so anyway. like, I, I might do it, but like, I take a really long time to edit episodes. So like, I, the idea of bringing an extra extra voice on that I have to deal with, like, just ugh. Sure. It would have to be like a one off, you know, something that's special, so that it's not setting expectations for the future. You know. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, kind of taking a turn, um, what was the first podcast that got you hooked? I'm assuming on like sort of actual play podcast. Um, hmm. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure about this. I, I think like it would make sense to me if uh, the first one I tried was The Adventure Zone. Uh, I was listening to My Brother, My Brother and Me uh, well before The Adventure Zone came out. Um, and when The Adventure Zone came out, I... I was like, oh, this is this is fun. And I started listening to some other. Um, uh, I, I think that was the first one that I listened to. Maybe I listened to other D&D shows before that, but I, I think that was the first one. I started listening to some other ones um, and they were, you know, I'm not going to mention the, the ones that didn't quite grab me. Um, sure, that would be kind of mean. Often like ones that didn't grab me were very successful. Some of them more successful than. Uh, the adventure zone. Um, the the only other one that I eventually listened to that I was like, this one also has entered my permanent queue was a uh, sneak attack, which I've mentioned a few times before. OK. Um, OK, so sort of getting back into the. Um, the story and the world of side character quest, uh, one uh, question asker asks, will we ever get more backstory about the wall climbers? Um, for those who don't remember, the wall climbers were the uh, group that kind of plagued South Bend before Sir Roderick valiantly defeated their leader and mm-hmm. spread them to the four winds. Um, so the, the short answer to this is yes, we, we will get some more about them. Uh, the a slightly longer answer to this is um, so when when Eli and I uh, were first talking about Sir Roderick, uh, he had presented this idea that Sir Roderick had dealt with these brigands a few years before and had sort of um, shaped him from just being a sort of, you know, I don't know, kind of kind of jockish. I, I, how would you how would you have described how he was prior to his run in with I, wall climbers? I think he went from being um, someone with undeserved confidence yeah. that everyone kind of made fun of behind his back mm-hmm. to someone that people are like, oh, he he really is very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that that is that is very much what it is. And uh, he had told me that, you know, he earned this respect through a run in with um, these brigands that had been like 
going from place to place, causing a lot of problems. And that was pretty much all we had said about them. But uh, when we started recording the um, the first Sir Roderick episode, uh, it just sort of came up naturally that Eli was going to drop the name of this group of people. And he was like, well, there's a wall around this place. I'm going to call them the wall climbers. And he just he just did it. He didn't like say that he just he just did. Yeah, that was 100 percent off the cuff. Yeah. So that that did not. Uh, prior to that, my mindset about the wall was that nobody at all whatsoever had ever has has had like really the desire to climb over it because it's just so incredibly like imposing. It would be like somebody walking up to the the Atlantic Ocean who has no idea what boats are and saying, I'm going to get to the other side of that. Like that's sort of like the vibe people get when they see the wall. But then you do have to remember that at one point someone did come to the Atlantic Ocean and said, I'm going to get to the other side of that. Yeah, and that's a fair point. And, and so that's why when when Eli was just like wall climbers, I was like, well, I guess somebody had this thought at some point. OK, so that's actually a big point part where like a, a character or a player making just a one off, you know, just a random choice during the show has had like major lore implications. Um, that's right, listeners. Not only did I, Eli, create the gods, but I also created all crime in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, this setting is is pretty, pretty peaceful. It's pretty like the interpersonal, the inter humanoid conflict i don't know the right word i want for that um is not super high um this group of people obviously they them existing of even if though it was a few years ago and it was a fairly short-lived group that that has a big impact and it's going to have left like scars on people um so we will hear more about them definitely sure right on what was the reason for your style of show slash concept? So what, what what made you decide to do this kind of podcast? Like what made me decide to do a one on one D&D thing? I assume or... I know what was the reason for your style of show slash concept. Hey, Ty, I didn't write this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, who wrote this question? Derek wrote this question as well as several others. So thanks for uh, sending okay. in questions, Derek. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, um, I I think I, I kind of addressed this like uh, part of the the idea. Um, you said style yes. as well. So what is the reason um, for your style of show slash concept? Gotcha. Why um, do you do so, this? So why are you like this? this? Uh, as far as like why why Dungeons and Dragons, um, that wasn't really set in stone. As you can see from the fact that uh, on Silas's arc, I tried Monster of the Week, and I there's there's a lot to, of good to be said for Monster of the Week, um, but I think that at this point, I'm going to be sticking with Dungeons and Dragons for the future, and that's just because I'm more familiar with it. I'm more comfortable. Um, I'm more comfortable. Uh, improvising and knowing when I can fudge the rules without breaking things. All right. And I, I do, I do want to correct myself. Um, the question asker's name was Derek, not Darren. Both of those, uh, both oh. of them did, um, 
uh, write in a lot of questions, but that one was from Derek. The next question is also from Derek, and it's one that I like a lot. Describe your favorite D20. We all have one. Hey, Ty, what's your favorite D20? So for any listener that doesn't actually play Dungeons and Dragons yet, uh, a D20 is just a 20 sided die. Um, I so a lot of people I know fall into the, the trap of like just buying a million sets of dice. Eli shaking his head. Do you do you not have a million sets of dice? I don't have a million full sets of dice. I have some dice that I've accumulated for different reasons. I think I have mm. three full sets of dice, one of which mm-hmm. is exclusively used by Mallory, one of which you gave me for Christmas, which has a bunch of strangely yeah numbered die and then um yeah one that was my first set of dice i think i have more like i've picked up this dice or this one to use for a different game yeah so i Mm -hmm. I don't have a million full sets i have three full sets and then a bunch of little odds and ends i've picked up here or there gotcha um so i think that's I think it's we are kind of an exception among Dungeons and Dragons players, people that have been playing for as long as us. Uh, he's like, I have I only have three sets. I have uh, a set that I got as a gift, uh, which is a cool like metal set, kind of chrome metal set that that's really nice and weighty. I have um, a blue set that came with the Dungeons and Dragons 5e starter set, which, you know, obviously I don't I don't hold any strong uh feelings for that just because it's the default set that i got um but then i have an orange set and it's it's sort of like a this orange covered with like or maybe i guess it's yellow with like a reddish orange speckling all over it those um with the green lettering yeah you can see them in my webcam um i got those when i first started playing dungeons and dragons with uh where eli was dming um all those years ago oh my god and uh, it's the the primary it's the primary set that i still use to this day right on that's a fun fun question um really gets the heart of dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. um okay here's a good one uh i'm they're all very good but some of these you've kind of (laughs) answered um this one uh kind of gets to a similar note as to um like where do the stories take place uh, compared to each other when do the stories take place compared to one another are they all happening concurrently if not what is the timeline one second i actually wrote out the timeline uh a couple of weeks ago um so let me pull that up it's actually kind of interesting on while you're looking this up it's interesting to hear some of these answers Mm -hmm. on my end because um even though i would venture to guess i don't want to assume but i feel like i'm more in the know than a lot of people that are involved in this podcast i don't know the answers to a lot of these so uh you you probably know the most about about all of this like there's some things that you don't know obviously but like you definitely know more than the cumulatively you know more than anybody else all right, I'm going to try to just like say stuff to you and uh if it if it ends up not really making sense, then let me know and we'll hit me with it. Hit me with uh, that good good timeline. 
uh, roughly four years before the first episode, uh, the wall climbers become a known threat uh, in this world. Um, roughly three years ago, Silas crosses over the wall via that waterfall. Uh, at that time, Roderick and Clara are uh, searching for the wall climbers. Um, and sometime after that, uh, maybe six, somewhere around six months after that, Roderick, um, in a confrontation with the wall climbers, uh, kills their leader. Um, Damn straight. Around this time, uh, sometime in that window, uh, Velma has uh, taken to living in the Southern Pines. Or sorry, not the Southern Pines, in the Pines south of South Bend. Just before episode one, uh, Annie orders some special mushrooms. Um, that uh, main character that we mentioned earlier, the uh, child in the, the purple cloak, uh, and her mother go looking for the mushrooms. Uh, around this time, um, Goblin Godfrey is uh, heading to Flukehaven to um, build up his franchise. Uh, episode one happens. Roderick does his stuff. A few days after that, a few days after Roderick's ep- uh, arc ends, uh, Annie has gone off on her own to go look for uh, a separate source of her mushrooms. A few weeks after that, Silas goes to Flukehaven. So, so maybe like two weeks after the first episode, um, Silas goes to Flukehaven, uh, meets Clara. All that shit happens. Around that same time is when Alton is going to the gala. That's I think that's I think that's everything that I can say. Oh, uh, as for when when Deirdre's stuff is happening, um, it's it's happening somewhere in that that window. uh, But it's it's like unaffected. It's not it's not super important when it happens relative to those at at this point in time. Interesting. Yeah. But it's all all of the episodes are happening roughly at the same time at this point. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, this is an interesting question, Ty, because you, as far as I know, have not played as much as you've DM'd. Yeah. But what is your favorite class to play as in Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I so I I think as far as um, if I'm going to be an NPC, uh, I, I never I, I, I've decided to stop like trying to strictly make an NPC fit a, a particular class. Um, they can be, you know, whatever they are. They don't have to they don't have to be strictly a rogue or strictly a, a whatever. As far as like when I am playing, um, I like to play somebody that's very utility based. Uh, somebody who. Uh, like is a druid so they can like walk on water or you can um, change your shape. I like doing those sorts of things. You, you can solve puzzles in surprising sure. ways. Okay. Um, I also like the idea of, I had a character who was a bard who I gave them a bunch of skills uh, abilities that would allow them to be an illusionist. So they could be like pretending to be other characters to so be as one of my favorite things in, uh, in media is when you have a character pretending to be an, an actor playing a character playing a character. Okay. I love that. Uh, so I, I really like the idea of of getting to play like a, a bard illusionist. Um, Can I tell you my dream character? Yeah. OK, I've always thought it'd be really fun to play a rogue. Who pretends to be a wizard. <laughs> You've told me this before. It's very good. I like that a lot. Like he's very good at just like making things happen with sleight of hand and people think he's a yeah. wizard. But then I think it'd be even more fun to as the story goes, 
multi-class him oh, as a wizard so he's he's like actually good. learning magic but is mostly just that's a rogue I, that's that's the dream oh, that that's I, I i i dig it okay yeah here's a good one that you've kind of touched on how long does it usually take to edit an episode uh general rule that i've i've developed for myself is um an hour every 15 minutes of audio holy crap um, yeah that, that's not always the case. There's going to be some uh, some episodes and some stretches of time where I barely have to do any editing. Uh, there's going to be some episodes where like large sections can just get immediately cut. And I just, you know, I know that this is mostly dead silence, so I can just skip through all of it. Um, so obviously, like those ones are going to skew the average. And so if you included that stuff, like it would it would drive it down to probably like 40 minutes uh, every 15 minutes. Okay. Um which is, is more reasonable. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, often if I if I start at like. If I start editing an episode at like seven o'clock, I'll be done at like one or two. Hey, Ty. Yeah, I'm going to stop dumping on you for being late. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to. Uh, and I prefer that it's you than the okay, listeners. OK. Um, well, cool. So now we have a few fun ones that we've picked out. Um, just a couple fun ones. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon? And Ty? Mm. Is it still mm-hmm. Cubone? Oh, hey, it is still Cubone. Okay. You know why I know that? Because you had the coolest T-shirt when we were living together. Oh, I still have that That's T-shirt. Dope. It's so cool. And you're wearing a pretty cool T-shirt now. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing a Magic Herb t-shirt that I got from a store. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to name drop the store because, you know. They can pay you. They can pay me. And I'd, I'd take it. Wear these clothes all the time. <laughs> right on. Hey, you want to you wanna, you wanna text me the name of that store so I can see if I can find that shirt? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll totally text you the name of that store. It's just, okay, there it is. Dude, it would be them. It would be them, right? Dang, I got such. I have so many good shirts from them. Wait, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, there was one uh in Tokyo where when Mallory and I were in there for our honeymoon. But there's also one in Orlando. Anyways, they're very good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, okay. Um, so Cubone. If if you want if you want a newer answer, like one that's that's from a more recent generation, I'll I'll toss in a Gavantula. Or a Joltik, maybe? Listeners of the McElroy's special brand of podcast will enjoy this one. Hey, Ty. Yeah? Yeah, bud? Face cat or hand dog? So I, I've had this, I had this debate with uh, some friends of mine the other day. Um, I feel like... So the, the premise of this, you got, you got a cat with a, a human face or a dog with human hands. And I feel like the, the argument against... Um, the argument for... Face cat is always an argument against hand dog. It's always saying like hand dog is going to get into trouble. Hand dog's going to cause problems. Hand dog's going to be a pain in your, your, your butt in your, your human butt. Whereas in my eyes, you should be arguing. If you really arguing for face cat, you should be telling me why face cat would bring joy into my life. I can see how, I, I, I can see how hand dog would bring pain into my life and how it could bring joy to my life. I can only see how face cat would bring pain to my life. 
Can I tell you my argument against face cat? Yeah, go for it. I, I have a cat. Yeah. You've met my cat. I met your cat. She, she's a lovely cat. She's a pleasant cat. She's a great cat. Some of my favorite things that my cat does mm-hmm. would be haunting if she had a human face. Does, does she ever present you with like a, 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 a half-eaten rat? No. Because that would be horrifying. She presented me with a still alive mouse once. <sighs> and um, I don't want to see I, that. OK, so she started doing this thing because me and my wife are very loving cat parents. Um, sometimes when my wife is feeling a little blue. Cersei, our cat, will climb on her and kind of give her little kitty kisses, just kind of like bump her nose into Mallory's nose. And it's adorable. Now, if that had a human face, <laughs> it would not be adorable. Whereas it would be haunting. Whereas with dog, with uh, with with hand dog, you know, t- high fives, high fives. Exactly. Like just hands down. That's 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 a pretty good thing. Human hands down. Human hands down. Um, you can teach the hand dog all sorts of tricks. Can't trick. You can only the only thing you can teach a uh, face cat is to maybe look away, please, for once. <laughs> don't please just don't just look stop at me. Stop looking at me. I can't handle this. Um, yeah. So so definitely hand dog. Um. Okay. So uh, back to some more serious questions. What do you think is the most important ingredient for a good Dungeons and Dragons arc? Anytime I build up a a character arc, I want to build in a sizable amount of character interaction. I want to build in a good bit of like puzzle solving, some combat and like a little bit of like lore and also room for the person to like explore their character and express like some their individuality so i I don't want to create a puzzle where like you solve this puzzle by like the only puzzle in this this game is like something that you solve by doing the pre-planned thing i want you to be able to do it in a way that shows off why your character is cool yeah that's good can i um so i don't have as much dming experience but i've gotten a little bit of yeah GMing experience under my belt lately. Um, I think the uh, that there are a few very important things, like you said, character interaction. Mm-hmm. So, um, not just how do the NPCs interact with the players, but also how do the NPCs interact with other NPCs? Yeah. Like, are these NPCs viable um, characters on them on their own? Uh, and that kind of builds into the lore. Yeah. But um, the other thing to me is also very much um, it's very much the lore mm-hmm. is like what is happening outside of the story. Um, to me, the best parts of fiction, so the best fictional franchises such as The Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, there is not just a very well written story, mm-hmm. but there's a well thought out what else is happening outside of the story? And I think that that ties into Dungeons and Dragons a lot. That's a really good point. Like one of the things that I've I've really tried to keep in mind in all of the the things that we've seen is like, why do these places exist? Uh, so all of the, the different places that you guys have seen so far, like the the place, the the underground 
civilization slash like bunker slash whatever it was that Roderick saw um, the uh, fort that Annie was searching in the um, other fort that uh, that Deirdre found the weird like gatehouse that Deirdre found the fortress that uh, uh, was in Flukehaven. All of these different places had very specific reasons why they existed. Um, and like I had like it wasn't just like they were there to present a place for puzzles to be had. Like it was like they existed because they were serving. They they previously or currently served a purpose for a group of people because nobody's just aside from the Halloween episode. Nobody's going to create a place that is just there to confuse somebody, you know? Sure. Um so you're right, like keeping in mind the, the lore really like helps you develop puzzles that like make sense and create obstacles that that add to the world. Yeah, very good. Um, how about one more question? One more question. Yes. One, one more question. OK, last question. I closed out of the questions. You monster. <laughs> okay, oh, no, no. I remember what it was. OK, um, last question. What is your favorite part? of playing or DMing an RPG? Uh, I really like when I get like, I, my favorite, one of my favorite moments is when somebody does something that confuses me and, and where, where (laughs) I am like, why did you do that? Why would you ever do that? That is like the best moment where I'm just like, I, I don't know how to react to you right now because this, this makes no sense to me. I love that. It's, it's, it's very good. Um, which, you know, that was, that was one of the things that I really liked about, uh, Silas's episodes is that like, like I was uh, blindsided by all of these, these choices that they were making, which was great. And and the way that you were playing uh, Roderick was like so different than you had ever played any characters. So like I was getting surprised by choices you were making, even though I think the the listener, it might have seemed a little bit more like straightforward and logical, but it was like so not <laughs> how you play characters. Well, it was Roderick, wasn't Eli. It was very Roderick. Those are the sorts of things that I love. Those moments of just being like, what is happening right now? Yeah, sure. Right on. Well, cool. Yeah, for me, it's always been the um, I always have a bunch of stories in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've never really gotten into writing, but I've always liked to think that I could write if I want to. Mm-hmm. And this is like RPGs are a way to get those out. Yeah. To kind of like tell the story with a group of people. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's it's a really interesting media and it's it's fun. It's um. Justin McElroy, I believe, put it this way once. Did you enjoy playing games as a kid, like Imagination, but uh, want to add rules to that? <laughs> nice. So, and that's it's very true. It's very much like uh, your childhood imagination, but with some rules, with physics involved. Here, here's a, a fun little question. I know we, we said that was going to be the last one, um, but I'm going to ask a question for you. Of the characters in this in the show so far, uh, you you can even include like Roderick. You can include your own character. Who's like a character that you would like? You would like one of these characters to meet uh, who is from like another e- either from another arc in this show or from an, another show entirely. Not even not even side character quest. 
Well, we know that um, Silas and Roderick did meet at one point. Yeah. And I have to say, um, Amber seems like a fantastic person. But when they said that Silas did not trust Roderick, <laughs> I was immediately offended. <laughs> Who would not trust Roderick? <laughs> um, I think, uh, okay, um, so I think it'd be really interesting for either Roderick or Deirdre, who both have similar religious convictions, um, it'd be interesting for them to meet because their religion is, like their convictions are similar, but they seem to have different paths. Mm-hmm. Or for one of them to meet Merle, High Tower, <laughs> or, high no, Merle High Church, yeah. Merle High Tower, High Church, <laughs> just to see the uh, just the religious mix of things. Um, yeah, that'd be that very would be good. very interesting. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think seeing any of these characters interact with each other would be very interesting, just because of how how interesting they're all very interesting characters, and you can tell that each character that's been on the show. Um, the players have put in a good bit of thought into like, if not their backstory, then their aesthetic. There's always been very vivid imagery of what these characters are like. I, yeah, it's one thing I've really enjoyed. Cool. Yeah, well, I think that was the. I think that's where we should wrap things up. This has gone on uh, at the upper limit of what I said I wanted it to be. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, I just want to uh, I want to thank everyone um, who's sending questions. I want to thank Ty for having me back once again after killing my beloved Roderick. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure you'll get a, another chance on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to die next time, Ty. <laughs> No promises. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh jeez. Alright, well, um, this has been Side Character Questions. I've been Eli. And I've been Ty. Thanks for listening. Da 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 da. Thank you. Uh, hey, we're for back. Reading. We're back. <laughs> <laughs>to the joy drops for the use of not drunk as our intro and outro music find them at thejoydrops.com you can find us at sidecharacterquest.com at scq podcast on twitter or by email at sidecharacterquest at gmail.com so um does everything sound like it's coming good yeah you sound so much better than you did in the early episodes cool well fuck you too (laughs) (laughs) yeah um how do you want to start off um oh wait actually you know what i'm gonna do uh so you you can lead in okay when you're ready um Oh, man, you're going to give us one of your classic Thai characters. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I haven't gotten <laughs> to do those in a while. Um, I know I've been missing yeah, well, them. like uh, with it's it's been like an issue of like, I don't want to scare off somebody off that's like anyone. Yeah. yeah. All right, listeners, it's you and me once again.
back in the saddle. It took me a lot less time to fix my drink than Ty's taking, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you who the main character is. It's Sheriff Jaime. That's right, the sheriff. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the sheriff. It is Moonbeam, the skeleton horse. <sighs> He's going through a lot right now. He had to deal with uh, the loss of his dear friend, Sir Roderick, uh, being stuck in a um, skeleton horse body with the mind of an uh, adult human. Um, Moonbeam's going through a lot. Sometimes I wonder how long it takes to pour a glass of eggnog. Kind of feels like he should be done by now. But, um, I don't know. We're still here. Just you and me, once again, listening to the beautiful voice that is me, Eli. Oh, also, I want to take this time to apologize. If anyone has tried to look up my Star Wars blog since the end of the Sir Roderick uh, arc, I have not actually done anything with it. Um, I recently started a second job, and two jobs kind of limits my writing time, so I apologize. Oh, here's Ty. This is great radio. Yeah, this is going to get cut. It's going to get cut and put in the bloopers. Mm -hmm. Feel free to use the this is going to get cut and put in the bloopers for the new bloopers tag. <laughs> because <laughs> we keep because keeping on hearing say saying there's going to be music and then bloopers is awful <laughs> bloopers. Every, every other week <laughs> <laughs> bloopers <laughs> bloopers that's oh. the new one <laughs> here I'll, I'll give you the new bloopers tag <clears throat> these are the bloopers nope I, I feel like I still said it weird 